Hello, Beat Check listeners. I'm Andre Meunier, and I'm the beer writer for the Oregonian and Oregon Live. And today, I am with Brian McMenamin, the man himself, who, with his brother Mike, founded the McMenamin's pubs that today you'll find all across Oregon and Washington. They're a legend. I'm sure you've been to one, maybe more than one, more than likely. We're going to talk about McMenamin's 40th anniversary, which is next month in July. We're going to take a look back at its history and forward to its future as well. So... Let's get started. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me. I, I know you're not always uh, the biggest interview guy. Well, you know, <laughs> it's it's uh, we're worker bees. I mean, we like to we like to do our stuff and stay out of that stuff. But you know, I get it. Yeah. Speaking of worker bees, what's it like to be Brian McMenamin these days? Are you retired? Are you still out kicking the tires on properties? Are your kids running the show? Oh, the kids are the next generation's in. My brother's three kids uh, are in ownership as well as my son, uh, which is great. So it's more about getting them in, on board, uh, letting them see everything. Um, you know, we do a lot of meetings just to talk about where we're going and what we're doing. and. Uh, yeah, just step back a little bit, you know, let them, let them do their thing. Uh, they're going to see it differently and do it differently, which is exactly what they should be doing. So it's been fun. Yeah. It, it looks like it's been fun. Yeah. I mean, it's somebody asked me if I was going to retire, and I go, I've never worked a day in my life, so what would I retire from? I know that's a, a used term, but uh, I love our places. I still love going to them. I love talking to people and, and all that. The last one you did, correct me if I'm wrong, was Tacoma? That's correct, yeah. And that was just before uh, pandemic. In fact, it was about six months. So we'd never really got our legs underneath us. So that was a tough one, but... Uh, but it's beautiful. But it really worked out. That was, I mean, it's our last one, right? So it's, we did so much there. And once you start down that road, you can't go back, you have to, we just went way over the top on that one. And it was really fun to do that. Um, just letting it all go. And uh, yeah, it, I think it came out great. I, I, I wish everybody could get there and see all of it. I mean, there's it's there's a lot to see there. And the name of it is? Uh, McMenamin's Elks Temple. McMenamin's Elks Temple. And so any sneak previews of what you might have coming up in the future? Yeah, we're working on stuff. We had a lot of stuff lined up uh, before the, you know the hiccup with pandemic but we're getting back on board uh, we're expanding Kalama we have a little uh, building up there that we're doing right now which is next to our hotel up there um, so we're doing that for for some catering space and uh, like a, a sports bar but it's right on the river so it's incredible and uh, you know down the road we've we've been sitting on permits for uh, Cornelius Pass Roadhouse Hotel in the back. Uh, so we're getting there on that one. And then obviously a lot of work to do at Edgefield. We've got a lot of acreage there that we're uh, sitting on and, and working with the city of Troutdale to get that up and running. So there's a lot of stuff there. It's just, you know, it's been tumultuous few years. I could have used that hotel at Cornelius Pass a year ago. I threw my wife a uh, 50th birthday in the round the roundhouse barn <laughs> there you go it sure was just awesome but uh could have used great it well yeah it, it, it's we're overdue we've been talking about it for about four years and get tired of talking about it and not doing it but 
you know. And every time I'm out at Edgefield, people ask me, didn't they buy this jail that we're going to turn it into a hotel? Is that still yeah, the plan? Yeah, that's probably one of the first things that'll happen. Uh, we have plans for it and everything going, but it, you know, everything triggers other things. So there's a lot of uh, Halsey Street work with the property we own across the street. So there's, it's a it's a big big ticket. Yeah. So we just need to get all of our ducks in a row, which we're getting there. We're getting there. Well, as I said, McMenamin's this summer celebrates its 40th anniversary, which is why we're here. So uh, what better place to start than at the beginning? Uh, 1983, you and Mike's first pub, the Barley Mill on Hawthorne in Southeast Portland. You guys had been distributing beer and wine before that, as I understand. So tell me what you two were thinking when you bought what had been the Fat Little Rooster. You know, it's a, it's a little bit different story there. Um, Mike actually opened that by himself. He had survived the distributorship um, that uh, it was a great endeavor. I'm glad he did it because it was an eye opener for me too, as a brother. You know, watching him run this thing didn't work out as well as he was hoped. Uh, so he got back into the business and it worked. And it was, uh, I'm glad he got back into it because we had been together earlier than that. But he got back into it and then opened a few more places and then we got back together in 84. But the, the true story is 83 is our oldest place now and that's where we, gotcha. that's where we got the 40 year. So he had sort of self-launched and then you joined him now yeah, for that. So, yeah. But he, you joined him just a year before the 85 um, brew pub lob that Oregon, yes. Oregon is famous for. You two became a part of the movement along with the Widmer brothers, the Ponzi's, the Portland Brewing guys, Art Lawrence. Correct. Fred, uh, that changed the law and allowed breweries to sell on premise. Was there a vision for the massive industry craft beer would become, or were you guys just thinking, you know, we want to make a little beer and sell it at the pub? That's exactly it. We just want to make a little, we were, we, we loved beer and, and we, at that time we were selling a lot of different, as many bottled beers as we could find available in Oregon and as, as well as draft and then we started seeing some of these guys come in from Washington from Northern California we go yeah, we, we, you know I think we can do that I mean we should be able to do that and we got room back here sort of um, we didn't know where it was going to go from there but it's more about if we're selling it let's see if we can make it I mean it's what we do with our burgers and fries so I, I it sounds simple obviously it's way way uh different than that but um the idea was there yeah i moved to oregon in 98 uh, and appropriately the barley mill was actually the first pub i ever went to my friend john hunt took me there and uh its charm still holds a permanent spot in my memory uh, a little while later i went to edgefield fell in love with the place its charm how did you guys come to the McMenamin's aesthetic, the art, the feel of it all. You walk into a McMenamin's, you immediately know you're there. It's the, what you're surrounded by, it's the art, uh, it's the walls, it's the feel. Is that an intentional thing you set out to pursue or did it just kind of naturally evolve? I think it, it kind of evolved. Um, it's a good question because we have the, we can look back 40 years now and say, oh, okay, well, yeah, it makes sense. but when we're doing it, it, didn't, it was, we were just doing stuff we liked. Um, maybe it was the music we were listening to or the books we were reading or the movies we were watching. Uh, and then we, we got into 
some old taverns that were for sale for cheap because we didn't have much money and we got into those and uh, started learning the history of those so I, I think it kind of evolved you just kind of you grow with the story that it becomes uh, yeah it's been it's been a crazy run but it's uh, yeah it's been good and did you have some artists early on who were like, what do you think of this style? Or did you have a style, you know, that sort of... Well, I guess one of our managers said, hey, if, is it okay if I paint uh, something on the bathroom doors or whatever? Sure, why not? <laughs> did that. Next thing you know, his brother was doing art. And then, again, uh, 40 years of hindsight uh, gets us to this point. So... Uh, we eventually evolved to the point that the artists would interpret the history uh, that came with these places, which was real rich and real deep. Uh, you know, Edgefield or Forest Grove or Tacoma, Seattle. Uh, yeah, just great stories and it has to be told, but we told it through the artists. Um, they listened to the story and then they interpreted it in their own way. Uh, if we haven't said this yet, we're sitting in the movie theater of the Kennedy School in Northeast Portland, and uh, I remember walking through here just after it opened and thinking, this is the coolest idea ever. When you walked into this place, what was it like and what did you see? It was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just, this place has a special part uh, of to our story, I think. Um, it was the first time that the community actually reached out and embraced us to come in and do this project. You know, in the old days, you, you, you had to go to a lot of school meetings and a lot of church meetings to explain who you were and what you're trying to do and why you're putting a tavern in their neighborhood. Concerning, I, I, I get that. Uh, and so we had to do a lot of, I can distinctly remember a woman telling me that there's no way they're going to put a brewery next to my child's teeter-totter. I get that concern. I'm a parent and a family, um, so I understand it, but we're more, we're more than that. And, and if, if we have time to tell our story, I think it, it helps. And, but this place was the first time that it seemed, to me anyway, that we turned the corner, that we're, we are doing the right thing and the community reached out to us to do something in their community rather than having to go the other way around. So it was, uh, it was a big deal. Well, I used to live less than a mile from here and I'd bring my kids here and I've watched many movies in this place and eaten a lot of your pizza and beer. Um, and I can, I can vouch that the community is behind it because it's always packed. Yeah, it's, it's been great. I mean, it's one thing to say the community's behind it, it's another thing to support the business of, of that. Yep. And uh, they've done that, and it's been great. And I, we grew up in the neighborhood, not too far from here. Played Little League over here at Wilshire Park. So this is our hood, too. Yeah, so my kid played at Wilshire. I, I didn't want to screw up our neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> How do you live that one down? Uh, so part of we, we talked a little bit about the preservation and the history. And when you set up the barley mill, um, originally there was a kitty litter grinder that had turned into a mill at... at uh, the Cartwright Brewery, Portland. Correct. Portland first. Yes. Um, you've come to be known as preservationists, history enthusiasts. That's a theme that runs through your properties. Was the mill kind of the genesis of all that? Was it just a lark, or 
did you set out at the beginning to be like, hey, we want to we want to go down this road of preserving stuff? I think we were just embracing whatever we could get for cheap. You know, you start the whole thing from scratch, trying to make something work. Um, if you want to talk about the, the kitty litter, the barley mill, you started out in the corner. And eventually, I guess, symbolically, somehow it ended up in the middle of the room. <laughs> Don't know how. I mean, obviously it weighs 2,000 pounds trying to move it. But uh, yeah, it, it, somehow um, stuff like that becomes a little symbolic. In the, you know, again, the hindsight. And then it becomes kind of your MO, where you walk through, say, the Kennedy School, and you see all these old things that you would find at an antique store or a barn out in the rural area or something. And yeah, there's, is there a method to the madness? I don't think so. Who would say African art and this and that, and it all goes together? I don't think that's the case, <laughs> but it sure is fun. It's stuff we like, so we we uh, we do it. Do you have sort of a head uh, scavenger now? Uh, yeah, kind of Mike's kids or uh, his oldest son is keeping an eye on things now, yeah. uh, and uh, it's a fun job just trying to find all the crazy stuff. I bet. We've had great connections over the years with. Um, people here in Portland and uh, Seattle that we've worked with. Yeah. So, and, and Cal everywhere nowadays, anyway. Let's skip over to the business side now. You uh, chose a model for McMenamins that is different from most breweries um, who brew their beer, sell it over their counters, but also put it into cans and get it out into the hands of distributors so people can find it in grocery stores, right? Uh, but you've never done that. Instead, you choose to sell it only on your properties. What was the thing behind that? Why did you do it that way? I think it's just, you know, we we love what we do, and you have to come. Our, our places, I think, uh, are more about the experience. So we want you to come to our place for that experience. That was hard. That's the part that was hard about the COVID because it became to go and this and that and the other thing. And it changed perception a little bit, but our places are about coming to the place and learning about the place and what what that place means to a community. Um, I don't know if that really makes sense, but it, it, it does in our mind. Uh, just that you, it's, so whatever we produce or do, you have to come to our places to get it. Just seems natural. I mean, I don't know about, there's something about putting it on a, a shelf in a supermarket that doesn't sound that much fun to me <laughs> but i don't know maybe <laughs> but and there, there might be some value there but uh i i don't you know i i just think it's about coming to our places enjoying them you mentioned covid uh, that might arguably the most difficult time you've had with mcmenamins uh not being able to be in groceries distribution might have hurt you or not having, you know, kind of scaled canning production. Um, in that time, it, was, it made headlines that you guys sought investors to help pay off some debt. Can you talk about how hard that time was and if and how you've recovered? Oh, we've definitely recovered. Uh, it was a really hard time. It was the exact wrong time to go out to ask for invest investment money because here we are in the middle of uh, what we just went through and uh, 
Yeah, it was not a good time. But, you know, we had some really uh, loyal people out there that have followed us for all the years and understand who we are and what we do. And uh, they stepped to the plate. It was awesome to see. I mean, it was, uh, you know, with all the stuff that was going on, um, it was a it was a very bright star in our, our time. So uh, not to be overlooked on any level and the investors have been great. Did you have regrets at that time that you weren't in grocery stores? Did it seem maybe more fun no. than to be in grocery stores? No, we did, we did actually expand uh, our products in cans and bottles and uh, to get to that to-go market. But no, we never really felt a urge, a strong urge to do that. Your properties are, have been a massive success. So people are coming back. They love the vibe. They missed it. They love the environment. There's also a contingent out there that hasn't always embraced you, hasn't always embraced McMenamin's, whether that's the beer snob who poos, who poos McMenamin's beer, people who complain about the service, say the food is mediocre. Have those criticisms bothered you? Do you think there's any merit in them? Oh, I think we hear it. Um, any businessman hears it, or businesswoman, um, that just goes with the business. So I, we don't let it really get to us too much um, because you invite that. There's people that like what you do, there's people that don't, and that's okay. Um, yeah, I. we just kind of roll with that one. We continue to improve, it's all we can do. Uh, we try to make everybody happy. It's impossible, but it's our duty. Um, so we keep after it. And does that go back to what you were talking about, that you are experience-based? Do you put more of your focus uh, into the experience of the places rather than, say, the food or service? Oh, God, no. The things that people no. complain about. If we could go in, it would take days to explain what we do every time. You know, if we hear something at all, we, we encourage feedback um, all the time. and. Uh, yeah, we deal with that uh, up front. Um, so no, it's it's dealt with. If there's if there's a definitive thing, if it's a vibe or something, that's a little harder to, to uh, uh, get after. But no, we deal with we we try to fix everything we can. What's your favorite thing to eat here? Oh gosh, I'm kind of a big guy. <laughs> I like pizza. <laughs> so. I don't know. I, 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 I like all the stuff. And I love trying our menus. Um, I eat in our places every day. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to... <laughs> um, that that kind of goes to, to another question I wanted to ask you, and that's about the breweries. And um, you chose to have multiple breweries across the properties. Uh, how many are you up to now? 20? Oh, 24. Five, 25. Six, I don't know, somewhere in there. 26 out of 46 properties? F 56. 56 I properties. Think. 46 in order. I think. I yeah. The numbers, yeah. Right. Um, how did you go about doing it that way as opposed to um, saying, all right, we're going to build a big McMenamin's brewery out in Clackamas and crank out the same beer that goes to all the properties? Yeah, we've, we've fought the big brewery, let's call it mentality. I don't know what it is, but... The brewing thing is something you want to get your hands around. It's easier to get your hands around it if it's small and you can identify what it is rather than giant stainless steel tanks. Um, we just like the fact that it's 
right there in the pub. And you can see it, and you can feel it, and you can talk to the brewer. Uh, and it's small. You can try different beers all the time. You can experiment all the time. Uh, that's what makes it fun. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It just, a big brewery doesn't sound as fun to me. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I like the fact that we can keep changing and trying new things. Has it been hard to maintain staffing and brewers and quality across all the properties? Is yes. That... Uh, some we work on all the time. I mean, you have to. Uh, that never goes away. That's why we all do what we do, is to keep after that stuff. You're also chasing down food and beer and wine and cider and spirits and trying to make it the best you can. Listening to those difficulties, uh, or not difficulties, but the challenges of every day keeping this place running the way it runs, anything you would go back and say, yeah, maybe I would change this model? No. Don't go back. Go forward. Nope. You want to take a break and have a sip? Yes. <laughs> I'm sitting over here I listening to you drinking your I beer. always do. <laughs> Fine Mexican-style lager you've got for me. Thank you. Yeah, we got some pretty good guys. You know, it's hard to get all that. If it's brewing or anything, it's hard to keep it all going. But uh, we got some good folks, and they're working their asses off. I would imagine it also produces stars that come out of nowhere and you're like look at these beers that they just produced out there yeah I mean, which is great so listen to our customers they're the ones telling us if we're hitting a spot or not that's great do you have a, a list of alumni brewers that you're proud to say they started here oh gosh there's a bunch of them but you know john harris who helped us early he owns ecliptic uh brewing he was instrumental early in our uh, he was one of the many uh, instrumental people. Um, yeah, but there's, there's been all kinds of folks coming through. It's the great thing about this neck of the woods, maybe as opposed, I can't speak for a, a lot of the country, but we all got along really well up here. Uh, Oregon especially, because that's who we worked with a lot in the early years. But everybody worked together. It was a good team. Uh, great people. and. I can say the same for Washington because we've gotten to know them pretty well. Uh, just a bunch of really good, fun people. What's the idea behind not entering competitions such as Oregon Beer Awards, Great American Beer Festival, World Cup? I don't know what that would do for us. You know, we're not selling in supermarkets and we're not out there on store shelves. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see a huge value there. I think. The value, again, is coming to our place for what our place is, the experience of what, what we have. It's not that we don't work really hard at those things, and I, I know our, a lot of our brewers would love to be out there, but it, you know, I think the person sitting at the bar to make that decision, whether they're having a good time or enjoying the beer or not. 56 locations in Oregon and Washington. I just found it. <laughs> I didn't lie, I don't think, <laughs> but I don't count either. Uh, I think you do, actually, <laughs> as far as I've heard, anyway. 
Um, you've restored at least 20 historical properties. You craft products far beyond beer, cider, spirits, ice cream, coffee. You have gardens that grow food for your restaurants, movie theaters, hotels with soaking pools, concert venues. I, I could go on. Uh, McMenamins is one of the best-known craft brands in Oregon. I can say that with confidence. What do you think the legacy of this place is? God, we did all that, so... 40 years yeah I guess you you do a few things yeah <laughs> so I I don't I we had a good time I think you know we, we we're doing what we want to do we're doing what we like and and people like that um, yeah I it's Hindsight gives you different, a different way of looking at things, you know. Um, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun, and I know I'm overusing that word, but it is. It's fun. I mean, I hope everybody can say, they can look back at a point and say, yeah, it was fun, because it has been. So, uh, and it will continue to be, and hopefully, our, for our kids' sake, it will be fun for them. Well, I walked in here Tuesday afternoon at one o'clock and the place was packed, the pub was packed and there's kids running around and clearly people have sought this place out and they're staying in the hotel and having fun on their summer vacation. And then you walked in and I saw you walk in and I thought, I wonder what he thinks walking in here. What, what, what does it do emotionally in, you, in your gut and your heart when you walk in and you see one of your places like this? Well, I'm looking at different things. I'm looking at burned out light bulbs and the fact that we got open and hopefully staffing is correct and we're staying open until a certain time. And Okay, let me rephrase <laughs> it. Do you ever let yourself kind of soak it all in? No. I, we're in the moment. We're in the moment. We're looking at what we're doing. And, and uh, you know, both my brother and I and, and the kids now too have a kind of a running list of stuff in our head that we look at when we go into a place. And uh, yeah, we kind of go from there, make notes when we are in a place, uh, take the notes back to the big table and say, hey, we need to work on these things. And that's how we, going back to an earlier question, trying to uh, make things right, keep it going. Well, if you'll ever take advice from a mediocre beer writer, <laughs> I would tell you to at some point stop and take a look. Well, so get all in. You know, it's been you, you guys have you guys have changed the landscape, and and I know there are communities that are very grateful for what you do. It's been good. We've met a lot and worked with a lot of great people uh, over the years, um, and it has been nice this year to reflect back a little bit uh, on forty years. Uh, yeah, I guess we've been busy. We did a lot of stuff, didn't we? <laughs> you did. But, yeah, it's been great. You're it's been forward, good. Looking forward to the anniversary stuff this summer? Yeah, there'll, there'll be different things here and there, and it's been fun talking to, I, I love, I mean, uh, being behind a bar is the best place in the world because you get to talk to your customers. I mean, I, I don't bartend anymore, but that idea of being able to talk to your customers. I, I know regulars in a lot of the places and I love talking to them. 
because it's they tell me what's going on. They're, they have their insights, and I like it. It's fun. I used fun too many times. <laughs> I have to come up with a new word. I'm sensing a theme, though. <laughs> Brian McCrenneman likes fun. Yeah, well, I have to talk to my wife, too. <laughs> <laughs> when you're in the, in the beer community, if you ever are, in, among other breweries, brewers, owners, um, What's your guys' place in that community, and how do you see the beer community of, of today, uh, how it's evolving, how it's functioning? Well, I think it's, I mean, it's as vibrant as it's ever been. I think it's awesome. I, it, it's, um, I love going, when I travel anywhere, travel meaning going to Salem, to Croatia, whatever, it's, I love going to brew pubs. Uh, little startups because they have that same passion, you know, for the the thing, and I, I just love talking to those people, and uh, and then of course you get to try their stuff too, which is fun. But uh, it's just a neat community of people that have, uh, yeah, and I, and I think Oregon's obviously been real vibrant in that, and and. Um, really neat people. I, I know I've said that too many times too, but it's just I, I like the community that's come up around it. And uh, it's, it's good for the state. It's good. It's good stuff. You must get, um, I would imagine, uh, offerings of thanks and respect for, the, for what you pioneers did in 85. Oh, yeah. Um, we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> we were just, I was just a young kid. I mean, you know, traipsing around Salem, what the heck is that? You know, what, what goes on down there? And uh, I don't know. It was it was a, it was an interesting experience. Um, opened a lot of, of doors of opportunities for us and to see how things worked too because we revisited Salem many times over the years uh, for various uh, deals. But... Um, yeah, it was fun to uh, be part of that. It's, it's, it's funny because you don't, you don't you, at the time you don't know. You're just kids. Just God, we can change a law, really. I mean, that's what I was thinking. I, thankfully, Dick and Nancy Ponzi, who had been through a lot of the that type of stuff with the wine industry ten years earlier, uh, so they had a good idea of what was how it worked, and because uh, it was new to to us. You, Mike, Kurt, and Rob have some fun? Yes. <laughs> we did. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you still talk to either of the Widmers? Uh, I haven't seen them in a while, but yeah, yeah we talked all the time. Yeah. I mean, I'll, it's a good group. Art Lawrence and Fred Bowman, I still talk to them. If, yeah, we had a get together a few years ago, I think, at uh, Baghdad Theater uh, for, uh, for an event. And it was fun to see everybody again. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. All of us have gotten a little older, <laughs> which is, isn't that, that. weird? Yeah. <laughs> Any last thoughts you just kind of want, you have uh, general ideas about things that you, you wish I had asked you? No, I just, it's, it's been a good, good trip for us. It's, it's, uh, our company is a little bit different. When this whole brew, brew pub thing came around in 85, we were the odd duck out because we were the restaurant trying to open a 
small brewery, mm -hmm. and everybody else was were breweries trying to open a little pub yeah, in there. Yeah. So we were the we're still the weirdo, which is okay. <laughs> I've, I've my whole life I've been a weirdo, so it's good. And uh, yeah, it's it's been neat being being that. I mean, you talk a lot of people come at different approaches, but uh, uh, ours has been what it has been, and. Uh, we're still here 40 years later to talk about it. So I think that's a good sign. I think a lot of people would agree with that. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, Brian, this has truly been fascinating and interesting, and I'm honestly honored to have been able to spend this time with you. Um, and for well, you listeners, yeah, yeah, absolutely. For you listeners, I'll be following McMenamins closely through this anniversary and writing more stories in the Oregonian and online at OregonLive.com. So check those out. OregonLive.com slash beer is where you can find all of my articles. And I'll have uh, stuff in there about McMenamin's uh, anniversary activities. And I believe my colleague Lizzie Acker is going to be ranking some of the McMenamin's properties herself. Wow. Yeah, you better. Should I be scared? Well, you should be scared. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the warning. Yeah. No, she's great. In fact, she was out at Edgefield yesterday doing her reporting. Oh, good. Yeah, I think good. she played the golf course, which, you know, yeah. I guess I shouldn't complain about reporting <laughs> assignments, but... It was um. another rough day at the shop. <laughs> <laughs> I'll also drop links to relevant stories in the show notes here on this podcast where you can re read more about McMenamins and the events surrounding the anniversary. And with that, we'll call it a wrap. Thank you, Brian, and thank you all so much for listening to Beat Check with thank the Oregonian. You. And if you like this show, give us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show. And tell a friend. Help spread the word. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Cheers.